Welcome to the MVP Podcast. Today is October 1st, 2020. Let's move right into MVP talk. It's really hard being a Pacers fan, man. After a disappointing end of the season, it's been reported that Victor Oladipo wants out of Indiana, and so does Miles Turner. As a Pacers fan, it's really tough to hear that our best player, arguably our best player, and one of our starters want to be traded away from the team while they're still under contract. As much as I love Depot and always will love Depot, we couldn't find a way to get out of the first round with him and McMillan. So if we have to mix it up and get a new coach and trade Victor Oladipo to get multiple pieces, maybe it's the best thing for us. Um, I mean, I think we need to trade both of them and get get faster, play a little bit smaller, get some bonus at the five, let him kind of work the offense and maybe get some more shooting that can play off of Sabonis in the middle. I don't think that we need another ball-dominant guard. I think Brogdon has shown that when he's got the ball in his hands, he can make plays, he can score, and he can set up other people. So I think Brogdon as the primary ball handler is fine. I don't think we need to bring in another guy that needs to be like Depot where he's got to have the ball in his hands. I think we need to get a shooter that can kind of play a little bit more off ball and let us get the ball in the hands of Brogdon and Sabonis a little bit more. I'm not huge on all of these rumored guys that are floating around like Buddy Heald's a little interesting and some of those other guys like Herter and Reddish from the Hawks, but I'm not sure. I do like Drew Holiday. I don't know about giving up Depot for Drew Holiday. I like the way Drew Holiday would fit into our team. I just don't know if I would be willing to give up Depot for that. Although I guess if he's going to leave anyways, we got to get something. So Drew Holiday would be a really nice piece to get if we were just going to get nothing anyways. I also like Gordon Hayward, but I don't like Hayward being traded for Depot. I don't think that's getting enough value back. I mean, maybe if they threw in some other stuff, but I don't see why they even need Depot. I think trading Miles Turner for Gordon Hayward would be a better move for both teams. They get the big man that they need to protect the rim, and we get a 3-4 that can score and shoot and create for other people. So I think that could be a very beneficial move for us if we flipped Turner for Hayward. I don't know if they would want to flip Turner for Hayward, but it makes sense to me for both sides. So I'm really just interested to see what the Pacers are going to do this offseason. We've got to find a new coach, and we've got to figure out what we're going to do with Oladipo and Turner. Maybe if we get a new coach that they like, they'll be more enticed to stay, and we can maybe convince them to hang around long term. But if we are going to trade them, I think before the season starts is our best move. Um, okay, so we got a great show for you today. We're going to do a little NBA Finals Game 1 talk. And then we're going to move into NFL Week 4 preview. And then we're going to cap it off by talking to my buddy Addison about Colts Bears and a little Chicago Cubs. And then we're going to cap it off with TV time where we're going to be talking about the following. Hope you guys enjoy the show today. Game one of the NBA Finals, we've got Lakers versus Heat. This game started off pretty well. First quarter was pretty back and forth. It was looking like it was going to be a good game and a good series. Then as we got into the second quarter, the Lakers just started to dominate and they really carried it over into the third. After the third quarter, they were up by 26 going into the fourth and it just was a blowout from there. They won the game 116 to 98 on the back of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis put up 34 points and LeBron put up 25. On the Heat side, there was a lot of things that went wrong and there was a couple things that went pretty well for them. Uh, the things that went well for them, Jimmy had 23, but he did roll his ankle, so he was kind of hobbled and he was in and out of the game a little bit more than you would probably like. So even though he did put up a good number of 23, he probably could have had more points had he not rolled his ankle twice. Hero had a solid night. He had 14 off the bench for them. And Kendrick Nunn provided a good spark while everybody was getting hurt, providing 18 off the bench for them. The big headlines for the Heat are Bam and Goran getting hurt. It looked like Bam left with a wrist injury and Goran Dragic hurt his foot. So we'll have to keep an eye on them for Game 2 and for the rest of this series. 
those two guys have been key pieces for the Heat, and it would really suck for them to lose them this early in the series. I mean, Goran has been unbelievable. He's been making big plays when they've needed him to, and he's kept them in a lot of these games in this series. And Bam has just been one of their X factors night in and night out. His play and his ability to guard Anthony Davis will be huge if they don't have that. The Lakers role players played well, though, and that's what else got them the win. I mean, LeBron and AD were amazing, but Rondo looked like he was having a solid night. Crusoe was knocking down shots, and Danny Green and KCP were hitting shots, and Kuzma looked better than he had before. So it wasn't just that the Heat were were hurt. The Lakers did play a really good game, but it was pretty disappointing to see game one kind of blow out when we were kind of expecting a good series. So after tonight, I'm expecting the Lakers to steamroll in game two. It looks like the Heat are going to be hobbled. Maybe if they can get Goran and, and Bam back to full strength by Sunday, they'll have a better chance in game three. But I'm looking for the Lakers to take game two as well, go up 2-0 and really try to push this one and try to sweep the Heat in this. Week 4 NFL Preview This week we're going to talk about the lines and the spreads for every game We're also going to discuss some impact fantasy performers That I think will impact your fantasy lineup this week We're going to start with the 1 o'clock games Then move through the 4 o'clock games then hit the Sunday and Monday night football games and cap it all off with talking with my buddy Addison about Colts Bears and a little bit of Chicago Cubs at the end before we move into TV time. So let's get to it. We're going to kick off the week four preview with Thursday night football game Broncos versus Jets. Broncos in this one are minus 135 for the money line. The Jets are plus 115. The spread on this one is Denver minus 2.5. I'm going to take Denver straight up and against the spread, minus 2.5. I really can't believe that the NFL is giving us another crap matchup like this on Thursday night. It's, It's like they're almost doing it intentionally to give us the worst game of the weekend on Thursday. Like, Why are they doing it to us? We're all excited for Thursday night football. Give us a decent matchup at least. I mean, first, first we we got Bengals versus Browns, then Jets, Dolphins, or Jags, Dolphins, I'm sorry. And then now we get Jets versus Broncos. Like, come on, those are three crappy matchups right in a row. I mean, at least we didn't get Jets versus Giants and get another interstate matchup again. Jets versus Giants would be even worse. Those teams are terrible. But... I expect this to be a crappy game. The Jets really suck, and they really sucked it up last week. And the Broncos are just injured, and who knows what they're going to provide. So I don't expect this to be a great game, but it's Thursday night football, so we should be watching. I've got a few fantasy guys for each team to watch out for. For the Broncos, I've got Noah Fant. I think he can make some catches um, in the check down against this Jets defense. I've got Jerry Judy. I think that he's become their one or two option when it comes to wide receivers. And then I've got Melvin Gordon. I think once the Denver Denver's offense gets up in this game, they're going to run the ball with Melvin Gordon, and he's going to have a good day. For the Jets, I expect them to be throwing a decent amount, playing from behind. So I expect Chris Herndon to have a good day for them, as well as Braxton Berrios to have another good day receiving for them. And then Darnold should be able to put up some points. Who knows if he's going to turn it over again, but they should be playing from behind and they should be throwing, so I expect him to have a solid day. We're going to kick off the Sunday 1 o'clock slate with Cardinals versus Panthers. Coming into this one, the Cardinals are 2-1 and one and the Panthers are 1-2. and two. Arizona in this game is minus 185 money line, where Carolina is plus 160. The line on this one is Arizona minus 3.5. I'm going to take both Arizona money line and Arizona minus three and a half in this one. I think Carolina looked really solid last week against the Chargers. Mike Davis had a pretty solid day replacing McCaffrey, but I think that the Cardinals are much better and Murray will be much harder to contain than 
Justin Herbert last week. I don't expect Hopkins to go back-to-back weeks without getting in the end zone also, so I think that Murray will connect with Hopkins for at least one touchdown this weekend, and I look for the Cardinals to come out with a win in this one over a weaker Carolina team. Some fantasy guys to watch out for for Carolina. I've got Teddy Bridgewater. I expect them to be throwing a decent amount, so he should be having a solid day. I like DJ Moore. If they're going to be throwing and playing against a better Arizona team, I expect their top receiver to get some catches and maybe even a touchdown. And at number one, I like Mike Davis again. He had a solid week last week. They threw it to him out of the backfield a good amount, as well as giving him some carries. So I like his multi-dimensional capabilities for their offense this week against the Cardinals. For the Cardinals, I've got Kenyon Drake. I think that if they can get up in this game, they can run the ball and he can be effective. I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I think he'll at least get one touchdown and make a bunch of catches like he did last week and get 70-plus yards. So I think that he'll be an effective fantasy player for you this week. And then Kyler Murray, I think as long as he can not turn the ball over against this Carolina defense and he can get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins as well as make plays with his legs, I think he'll be very effective this week for your fantasy lineup. Next up on the 1 o'clock slate, we've got Jaguars versus Bengals. Coming into this one, the Jags are 1-2 and two and the Bengals are 0-2-1. Oh and and Jacksonville in this one is plus 135 and Cincinnati is minus 155 with it being Cincinnati minus 3 is the spread. I'm going to take Cincinnati straight up in this one, but I'm going to get the points for Jacksonville as plus 3. I think on a long week, Jacksonville might come out strong. But I just like the way the Bengals looked last week. I think that against the Eagles, Burrow looked pretty good. And I think that this week he'll parlay that into a win. I think that he was moving around well. He was getting his receivers the ball. And they just didn't make enough plays to get a win. But at least they got a tie and didn't get another loss. So I heard a crazy stat this week. The last four number one overall picks have all tied a game before winning a game. Miles Garrett went 0-16 in year one and then tied before winning a game in year two. Baker tied before getting his first win in his rookie season, and Kyler Murray did the same, and now Burrow has tied last week before getting a win for the Bengals. thought that was weird. Kind of funny that it's been four straight years where people have tied before getting wins. Some fantasy impact players this week for the Bengals. I've got T. Higgins. I thought he had a big week last week. As a rookie, he connected well with Burrow. They've got something clicking, so I expect that to continue. Um, I've got Joe Mixon. I think if the Bengals can get up in this one, hopefully they can run the ball with Mixon a lot more and keep their lead and get a win. And My top guy is going to be Tyler Boyd. He's become one of their top options, if not their top option, so I expect Burrow to get him the ball and him to at least get in the end zone one time. For Jacksonville, I've got Gardner Minshew. I think that he'll be throwing the ball a lot, and he can make plays. He's just a good fantasy quarterback, and unless you have somebody that's a lot better, I wouldn't expect to start him, but I think he can be impactful if you need a quarterback. I think DJ Chark will have a good day. I think Minshew knows that he's going to be his top guy. He'll try to get him the ball. Hopefully Chark can put up some fantasy points for you if you got him as a flex player. My top guy for Jacksonville is James Robinson. He's been unreal the last two weeks. When he's running the ball, he's been great. So I expect him to continue that trend and be their top fantasy performer once again. Cleveland versus Dallas. The Browns come into this one 2-1 and one, while the Cowboys come in at 1-2. and two. The money line on this is Cleveland plus 175 and Dallas minus 210 with Dallas being minus 4 as the spread. I'm going to take Dallas straight up in this one, but I'm going to take Cleveland plus four. Dallas has had a tough schedule to start, and now they got the Browns who've come in off of two straight wins. I think Dallas's duo of Dak and Zeke will get, get it done. I think Dak has proven the last few weeks that he can lead this team, keep them in games, and hopefully get some wins. I mean, he's still got to prove that he can win these games, but they have played some really tough competition. So I expect the Cowboys to play 
better against the Browns and to get a win against the Browns, but I expect the Browns to keep it close, keep it within at least a field goal, so that's why I'm going to take plus four. But I'm not going to be surprised if the Browns beat the Cowboys. I mean, the Browns have looked pretty solid the last two weeks. Baker looks like he can be a a competent quarterback. He hasn't shown that he can be a great quarterback, but he's got all the weapons he needs. Kareem Hunt had some unreal catches last week, and he's been good. Nick Chubb has been just a bully for them running the ball. And then he's got Jarvis and Odell. He just has to get them involved as well as Hooper at tight end. So he's got a lot of weapons. He just needs to figure out how to utilize them all and make the best of it. And he can become a solid quarterback in this league. Some fantasy guys for this week for the Browns. I've got Austin Hooper. I think that if the Browns are playing from behind, he can make some catches and get some yards, maybe even a short touchdown pass. I've got next up I've got Kareem Hunt. He was really good last last week running the ball and they used him a lot in the past game. So I expect him to make some catches as well this week as like he did last week. And my top guy for them is Nick Chubb. He's been really good through the first three weeks running the ball. So I expect him to continue to put up the same fantasy points that he has been. For Dallas, I've got C.D. Lamb at number three. I think C.D. Lamb could have a big week this week. He's kind of prime for a breakout at some point, and I think the Browns are probably going to focus more on slowing down Galladay and, and Cooper, so I expect C.D. Lamb to get open and get some catches, maybe even a touchdown in this one. I've also got Ezekiel Elliott. I think that if Dallas can get up, Zeke is one of the best running backs in the league, and he'll help them hold their lead. He's... He's so good, he's not going to have a shortage of yards if they're giving him the carries that he needs to get those yards. Then my top guy is Dak. I think he's been good the last few weeks. I think he's going to continue to be good. He's going to continue to throw the ball well. He's got lots of weapons, so I expect him to be good once again. Coming in next is my first lock of the week in Saints versus Lions. Coming into this one, both teams are 1-2. and two. The money line on this is New Orleans minus 210 and Detroit plus 175, with the spread being New Orleans minus 4. I'm taking New Orleans both, straight up and minus 4. This is my first lock of the week. Saints may be 1-2, and two, but they're much better than their record shows. They've played some good teams. They got unlucky against the Raiders, and they made some crucial mistakes against the Packers, but the Packers are probably one of the best teams in the NFC right now, if not the best team in the NFC. So I think that the Saints are a good team, even though they're sitting at one and two. I expect this to be a Saints blowout. I don't think that the Lions defense is going to be good enough to keep up with Breeze and Kamara in the offense. Hopefully they get Michael Thomas back too, which adds an extra weapon to their offense. So I'm locking this one in, money line and minus four. Saints are going to get a big win in this one, move to 2-2, two and two, and make this NFC South division race a little bit tighter. For fantasy, for the Lions, I think they're going to be throwing a lot, so I think Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are going to have big days receiving the ball, as well as Matthew Stafford should be able to put up a lot of yards passing. For the Saints, I've got Breeze. I think that if he's going to throw some at least, if they're kicking the crap out of them, I mean, they're going to have to get up at some point, and usually they do that by throwing the ball. Breeze usually puts up a lot of yards and at least gets a touchdown or two, so I expect him to have another solid day. He's a definitely a starting quarterback in your lineup. Next up is Michael Thomas. If he plays, he's going to get some catches. He's their best receiver. He catches everything. He's going to get a touchdown if he's in. If they got close to the goal line, most likely he's going to put up some good points if he's playing for you. My top guy is going to be Alvin Kamara. He's just been unbelievable, whether he's running the ball or catching it out of the backfield. He's been multidimensional. He's been awesome. So I expect him to continue to be the highest-performing fantasy running back in the league, and I expect him to help lead the Saints to a win this week. Coming in at my next lock of the week on the 1 o'clock slate is Seahawks versus Dolphins. Seahawks come into this one 3-0 while the Dolphins come in at 1-2. The money line on this is Seattle minus 280 and Miami plus 240 with the spread being Seattle minus six and a half. This is my second lock of the week. So I'm taking Seattle straight up and minus six and a half. Even on a long week for the Dolphins, 
They're no match for Chef Russ, and I think he's going to cook his way to another Seattle victory. He's got 14 touchdowns through three weeks, which is just incredible, and I expect him to continue to just keep tossing touchdowns. I don't know if it'll be five, could be five, could be more, but I expect it to be less. I expect it to be three, and I expect them to run the ball a little bit if they get up big on Miami. So I expect a big win from Seattle. Lock it in, minus six and a half or money line, whichever you prefer. Some fantasy guys this week for the Dolphins. I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was really solid last week, so I think that he can continue to be solid. The Seahawks defense is a lot better than Jacksonville, in my opinion. But I think that he was good enough to put up a decent fantasy number for you. Next up, I've got Devontae Parker. He's their top option receiver. He was really good last year with Fitzpatrick. He was good last week, so I expect him to maybe get a touchdown here. Depends on if the Dolphins offense can get it moving, but at least he's going to get some catches and some yards for you. My top guy for them is going to be Miles Gaskin. He runs the ball and catches out of the backfield, so whether they're up or down in this game, he'll get some touches, so I expect him to put up some points for them this week. For the Seahawks, I've got DK Metcalf. He had a really big week last week, and I expect him to keep getting targets from Russ, and I expect him to be able to catch some touchdowns. Also, I expect Tyler Lockett to do a lot of the same. He caught three touchdowns last week. I don't think he'll catch another three touchdowns. That's pretty crazy, but the way he's looking, he'll at least get one and some yards, so he's definitely a fantasy starter for you and a top option as a wide receiver one. And My top guy is Russ. He's the MVP, man. Right now, he's cooking. He's looking like the best player in the NFL right now. So I expect him to keep producing the fantasy points that he's doing. Hopefully, he has another multi-touchdown game, and you can get another big week out of Russ. Next up, we got Chargers versus Bucks. Coming in this one, the Chargers are 1-2, and two and the Bucks are 2-1. and one. The money line in this one is Tampa Bay minus 265 and the Chargers plus 225, with the spread being Tampa Bay minus 4.5. I'm going to take Tampa Bay straight up and Tampa Bay minus 4.5. I think that they've looked good through two for two straight weeks now. Brady's got the offense moving. They're scoring at a good clip. He's got a lot of weapons, and I think everybody's healthy now, so that should help. I expect one for Nett to have a solid day out of the backfield. And... For the Chargers, they lost Melvin Ingram, so that's a big hit to their defense. So it'll just be on Bosa to get most of the pass rush. Hopefully they can get somebody to fill in for Ingram. But Ingram's a big hit for their pass rush, especially when they need to get to one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I expect the Bucs to win this one by at least a touchdown, if not by multiple scores. Their offense has been clicking, and I expect that to continue, and I don't think that Herbert and the Chargers offense will have a real response to what Brady and their offense can do to their defense. For fantasy, for the Chargers, I've got Justin Herbert. I think he's been a solid guy. I mean, there's a lot better options at quarterback to start, but I think Justin Herbert is a solid quarterback. If you need a guy for your bench, He's probably that that option, but I think that for the Chargers fantasy impact players, he's going to put up a good amount of points for them. Coming in next, I've got Keenan Allen. I think they'll be playing from behind, so hopefully being their top option, Herbert can get him some targets and some catches, maybe even a touchdown. My top guy is Austin Eckler. Eckler's been great out of the backfield running as well as catching, so whether they're up or down, he's going to be on the field, he's going to get some touches, and he's going to get some fantasy points for you. For the Bucks, I've got Leonard Fournette. I think Fournette has been good, and if the Bucks have a lead, they're going to give him the ball a good amount, and he's their power back around the goal line. So I think that he's going to get some touches, maybe even a touchdown in some red zone action. Next up is Tom Brady. Brady was good last week. Like I've been saying, he's got the offense clicking. He's one of the still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He may not be one of the best fantasy options anymore. But he's not one of the worst fantasy options. He's probably right outside that realm of Mahomes and Lamar. Those guys are your top guys. And then with Russ and then Brady's probably in that next group or maybe even one more group down. Depends on kind of who you're looking at. But Brady's going to put up some good fantasy points for you. So I expect him to have a good day fantasy-wise. 
My top guy is Mike Evans. He's just their best receiver. I think Brady will get him the ball. Hopefully he can get at least one touchdown. I know there's a lot of weapons on that offense, but Mike Evans is clearly their top guy, and Godwin, I think, is out, so that should get him some more targets. Next up, we got Ravens versus the Washington football team. Well, Baltimore comes into this one 2-1, and one, while Washington comes into this one 1-2. One and two. The spread on this one is Baltimore minus 12, with the money line being Baltimore minus 700 and Washington plus 500. I'll call this one a money line lock. I think the Ravens are guaranteed a win in this one, but minus 12 is a lot of points, but I do think that they will cover, so I'm going to take Baltimore with the spread and money line in this one. Coming off a short week and a tough loss to the Chiefs, I think the Ravens will come out with a vengeance and really want to beat the crap out of this inner out of this interconference rivalry, I guess. Um, being so close in proximity to each other. So I think that the Ravens come out and really try to show that last week was a fluke. The Chiefs are a good team and that they are a good team as well, and that they will beat the crap out of bad teams. So I expect the Ravens and Lamar to get it going early, get up big, and then just power run the ball with their guys and with Lamar and just continue to work away the clock and win this game over Washington. For fantasy for Washington, I like Dontrell Inman again. He had a big week last week catching some passes. It looked like he was getting pretty open, and so we'll see if he can do that again. I also like Antonio Gibson. He's going to be a dual threat. He's going to run the ball as well as catch passes. So I expect him to be on the field and get touches, whether they're up or down. And their top guy is their number one receiver, Terry McLaurin. He's just been awesome. Him and um, Haskins have that Ohio State connection, and I think that it'll continue to work for them. And I think McLaurin will continue to get some fantasy points for your team. For Baltimore, I've got J.K. Dobbins. I think that out of all the backs, he's shown that he's got the most potential and I think that he'll get some carries this week. Him and Ingram will probably be the primary backs for them, so expect him to get some touches. I like Mark Andrews. Last week he got targeted a lot, and he made a lot of drops, but he was targeted a lot, so I don't think he'll have consecutive weeks where he drops a lot of passes. So if he's targeted a lot again, I think that he'll be catching more balls and he'll get more fantasy points for you. And the top guy is one of the top fantasy scorers in the league, in any league, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he's your starting quarterback. He's going to get you points rushing and throwing and getting rushing TDs and passing TDs. So he's a must-start every week, and he will be a must-start this week against Washington. Up next, we've got Vikings versus Texans. Both teams come into this one 0-3. The money line on this one is Houston minus 180 and Minnesota plus 155, with Houston being minus 3.5 for the spread. I'm going to take Houston in this one, money line, but I'm going to take Minnesota with the points. I think that they can keep it within a field goal, so that plus three and a half will be helpful for you. But I think that Houston is going to get the, their first win here. I think Minnesota's been struggling. I mean, so have the Texans. But I think Watson is just a better quarterback, and he's going to make all the plays needed to help Houston get a win. I think both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. They both got solid defenses. They both got some weapons on offense. They both Watson's a much better quarterback, but they both got decent quarterbacks. And they both shown flashes through the first three weeks, even though they haven't been able to capitalize and show much more than just flashes of being solid. But I'm going to take Houston in this one. But like I said, I think it'll be a close game. So Minnesota plus three and a half could be a good bet there. Some fantasy guys to watch out for for Minnesota. I've got Adam Thielen. I think if they're playing from behind, they're going to need to throw. Cousins loves throwing to Thielen, so look out for Thielen to get some catches and some yardage. I've also got Justin Jefferson. He had a massive week last week. I don't expect him to have another massive week, but I think he'll get some catches. He's shown that he can be a solid target for Cousins, so I think Cousins will trust him more, and hopefully that'll lead to some more targets and some more catches for him. My top guy is Dalvin Cook. He should be a starting running back in every league. He's going to get some carries. He's going to get some yardage. He's going to get some fantasy points for you. He's going to be consistent. So Dalvin Cook is the top guy that I think will be for the Vikings. For Houston, I've got Will Fuller. I think he's 
been one of Watson's top options. Watson loves getting him the ball. He's fast, so I expect him to get some catches, maybe even a touchdown. I've also got David Johnson. I think David Johnson has been a solid running back for them, a lot better than I was expecting him to be. He's not that top fantasy running back that he was before, but at least he's a decent option if you're looking for somebody to fill in for injuries or if you need a flex spot. At number one, I've got Deshaun Watson. He's going to be the engine that makes this Houston team run this year. If he's playing well and he's making good plays and can get them down the field, the Texans are going to be fine. 0-3 start kind of sucks for them, but Deshaun, it hasn't been because of Deshaun Watson, so I expect him to have another solid fantasy performance. The last game on the 1 o'clock slate was supposed to be Steelers versus Titans. Both teams would have come into this game 3-0, but this game has been postponed due to teams contracting COVID. So I'm not really sure when this game will be made up yet. It's rumored it could be Monday or Tuesday, but I'm not going to really touch on this much since I don't really know a lot. They don't have any lines up for this game, and I'm not really sure who's going to be out with COVID, so I don't want to speculate on this game and then have people out with COVID that I talked about. So I'm just going to kind of stay away from this game. Look out for this one to get rescheduled. Hopefully we get a Tuesday night game. That could be pretty fun having football on Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. But for now, this game has been postponed. Look out for when it will be rescheduled. Kicking off the 4 p.m. games, we've got Giants versus Rams. The Giants come into this one 0-3 while the Rams come in at 2-1. The money line on this one is Rams minus 420 and the Giants plus 335. The spread is Rams minus 9. I'm going to take Rams minus 420 and Rams minus 9. This is another one of my locks of the week. I think that the Giants really just stink. They need to continue their tank to either replace Daniel Jones with Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, or they just need to get a high pick to get the best offensive lineman in the draft. They just need more protection for Jones, and they need to make sure that they can keep Saquon healthy in the future. So I think tanking for an offensive lineman or even a quarterback replacement will be a big help for them. I'm not sure if I'm ready to give up on Jones yet, but I know that they definitely need some offensive line. The Rams are also just really good. I expect Darnold to be in the backfield all day, making things hard on their running backs and on Daniel Jones. And I expect their offense to click a little bit sooner in the game than they did last week versus the Bills. So I expect the Rams to come out much better. I expect them to win by double digits. And I expect them to win this game by a pretty solid margin. Some fantasy performers for the Giants. We've got Evan Ingram. I think that he'll catch some passes. He'll get some targets. Maybe even a touchdown. This Rams defense is going to be all over Darnold. So him as a check down option will be nice for Jones. Next, I've got Golden Tate. Um, Hopefully him and Slayton. I've got Slayton on my list as well. The two of them can get some catches playing from behind against the Rams. Jones will hopefully be throwing, and those guys can get some targets and get some yardage and some catches for you for PPR leagues. For the Rams, I think that the Rams' defense is going to have a big week. I think that they're going to get after Daniel Jones and get some sacks and maybe even get some points, score some points, get some turnovers. I just think that they're going to cause some chaos for this Giants offense and that the Rams defense could be a good start this week. Next up, I got Robert Woods. He's coming off a big week last week where he went back to Buffalo and had a pretty good day. I expect him to continue to do that. He's their top receiver. Goff is going to target him. He's probably going to get a touchdown, maybe more. My top guy is Goff. Goff has been undervalued all season. I think he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league and for fantasy in the first three weeks. So if you're kind of looking for somebody new to start as a quarterback and Goff is available, he might be a good option. I think against the Giants, he's going to put up some good points because their defense isn't very good. Um, So I think Goff would be a good start this week against the Giants. Next up on the 4 o'clock slate, we got Pats versus Chiefs. The Pats come into this one at 2-1 and and the Chiefs come in at 3-0. The money line on this is Kansas City minus 380 and New England plus 315. The spread is Kansas City minus 8. I'm going to take Kansas City minus 380 and minus 8 in this one. 
as good as the Pats have looked through the first three weeks, the Chiefs are just kind of on a different level. I expect the Chiefs to be scoring at a high clip like they have all season, and I expect their defense to continue to look strong and step up and stop the run, the tough run game that the Pats have. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Pats kind of come in and mix it up their game plan once again they have the first mixed up their game plan through the first three weeks so i expect them to kind of do that again so i wouldn't be surprised if they come out do something a little different that the chiefs weren't expecting and keep this game a little closer but i think that the chiefs are going to win and i think that they're going to win by more than just a touchdown so i'm taking chiefs minus eight and chiefs straight up in this one for fantasy performers for the patriots i think sony michelle is going to have a good week he had a solid week last week Hopefully he can continue to run the ball and get some fantasy points for you. Next up, I've got Julian Edelman. I think that the Pats are going to be playing from behind a little bit. And they're going to have to throw. Edelman's great at those quick routes to get the ball out of Cam's hand quickly and efficiently. So I think that Edelman can get a lot of catches if they're playing from behind and Cam has to throw the ball a good amount. My top guy is going to be Cam. Whether they're going to be running the ball or passing the ball, he's going to be involved, so he's going to get some carries as well as he's going to throw some yards. So Cam's probably going to be their top performer this week. Expect him to be getting some rushing yards, maybe in a rushing touchdown around the goal line, as well as maybe even a touchdown pass. For the Chiefs, I've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's shown through the first three weeks that he's been really good, whether he's running the ball or catching it out of the backfield. He's it's making them look like they made a good pick in that first round and he's been very beneficial to their offense and the way they've been able to score and free up some of those receivers down the field because people have to pay attention to him as a check down. Next up, I've got Tyreek Hill. He's always primed for a big week. So I expect that to continue. I think that he always tends to get open deep and catch at least one long touchdown pass. So you're usually good for one of those every game. He's definitely your wide receiver one starter, so he's a definite definite start this week. My top guy is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best fantasy player. This is a clearly must start. He throws for a lot of touchdowns and a lot of yards every week, so clearly you should be starting Patrick Mahomes. If you have him and you're not, I'm not really sure what you're doing, but I expect Mahomes to have a good week and the Chiefs to get a nice win over the Patriots. Capping off our 4 o'clock slate, we've got Bills versus Raiders. Coming into this one, the Bills are 3-0 and and the Raiders are 2-1. and The money line in this one is Buffalo minus 130 and Oakland plus 110. The spread is Buffalo minus 2.5. I'm going to take Buffalo minus 130 and minus 2.5. I think Josh Allen and the offense will just be too high flying and score too many points for Oakland's offense to keep up. I don't think that Carr has enough weapons against this Buffalo defense to keep up with all the weapons that Buffalo has, especially in their receiving core. I expect another 300-plus passing day from Josh Allen with two, three, maybe four touchdowns. It's going to be a big day for him and a big day for his receivers. And I expect the Bills to continue their winning ways and improve to 4-0. Some top fantasy guys this week. For the Raiders, I've got Hunter Renfro. He had a really good week last week. He had some good catches, and I think he had one touchdown. But he just looks solid, and I expect Carr to be able to get him the ball again and for him to make some good catches and make some good plays for the Raiders on offense. Coming in next, I've got Darren Waller. The Patriots really focused on shutting him down last week. I don't think Buffalo will be as focused on that, so I think he'll be able to be more productive than he was last week and get some catches and hopefully maybe another touchdown. My top guy for the Raiders is going to be Josh Jacobs. He's clearly a top five running back in fantasy, so he's going to get his carries. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get his yardage. He's probably going to be the top performer for them unless they just go bonkers in the passing game. For the Bills, coming in at number three, I've got Devin Singletary. He had a good week last week, whether he was running the ball. He's also shown that he's been effective when they're passing, so he's been catching passes out of the backfield. So look for him to put up some points, rushing and catching passes as well. Next is Stephon Diggs. He's their number one option. He's one of he's the best receiver on their team. He's going to be getting catches, and he'll probably get a touchdown the way Josh Allen is dishing him out. So look for Diggs to get you some yardage and at least one touchdown. And then my top guy for the Bills is clearly Josh Allen. He's dark horse MVP guy. He's playing like he 
is looking to be one of the best guys in the league. He's been throwing for over 300 yards in every game this year, and he's thrown for multiple touchdowns. So look for him to have another 300-plus day and throw for a couple touchdowns. Sunday night football. We got a doozy here. We've got Eagles versus 49ers. Coming into this one, the Eagles are 0-2-1, while the 49ers are 2-1. The money line on this is San Francisco minus 190 and Philly plus 165, with the spread being San Francisco minus 3. I'm going to take Philly plus 165 and plus 3 in this one. I was I was pretty impressed with Nick Mullins and the Niners last week, and I really was not impressed with what Wentz did, Wentz did last week versus the Bengals. But Wentz made all the plays needed to get them into overtime and to get them to a tie. They really probably should have lost, but he made the right plays and the necessary plays to get them to a tie. So I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. I think that the Niners are beat up on defense and won't be able to get to Wentz as easily, so he'll have a little bit more time to make throws and make plays on offense. And then defensively, I think, or offensively for the Niners, I think that Nick Mullins isn't going to go back-to-back weeks where he scores on pretty much every drive. So I expect them to struggle a little bit more offensively. Hopefully they get Kittle and Mosert back, which would be huge helps. But I think the Eagles are finally going to pull one out and Wentz is going to play a lot better this week and get the win. For fantasy for the Niners, I've got Brandon Ayuk. The rookie had a big week last week. He had some catches as well as a few rushes. So look for him to continue to get the ball and be involved in their offense. Coming in next, I've got Raheem Mosert. If he plays, he should be um, starting running back for you. Hopefully he plays. He can get some yardage and maybe a touchdown. My top guy for them, if he plays, is going to be George Kittle. With all the guys that they've got hurt on offense, he's going to be very important to their passing game and just their offensive attack in general. So look for him to get a lot of catches, probably a touchdown, and get get you some fantasy points. For the Eagles, I've got Carson Wentz. I think he'll have a better day than he did last week. I think he'll be able to throw for some touchdowns, maybe rush for one. So look for Wentz to have a better day than last week. Next up, I've got Zach Ertz. I think that Ertz is a key part of their passing attack. They've got some young receivers and some guys that are unproven, but Ertz is proven. So when Wentz needs to go to somebody, Ertz is usually the guy that can be relied on. So look for Ertz to score you some points this week. My top guy is going to be Miles Sanders. I think the Eagles will get up in this game and they'll be able to run the ball a little bit and get the ball to Sanders. Sanders has also shown that he can play in the passing attack. So he gets some catches and should be able to get you some fantasy points there. Monday night football. We've got Falcons versus Packers. Coming into this one, the Falcons are 0-3 and the Packers are 3-0. The money line in this is Packers minus 235 and Atlanta plus 195. And the spread is the Packers minus 5. Packers look really good through the first three weeks. They put up a ton of points. Their offense is clicking. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's an MVP candidate. He's hitting all of his receivers. Hopefully they've got Devontae Adams back, which should help um, get his number one target back. And on the plus side for the Falcons in this one is they won't be able to choke this game away. They won't have a lead to choke. So as a Falcons fan, you can sit back on Sunday, or on Monday, I'm sorry, and just watch your team get beat without having to know that you're going to blow your lead in the fourth quarter. So with that being said, let's move into some fantasy guys. For the Packers, I've got Devontae Adams. If he plays, he should be the top target for them. He should hopefully get some catches and maybe a touchdown. If he doesn't play, look out for Alan Lazard to fill in his role once again. He had a good week last week versus the Saints. Next up, I've got Aaron Jones. He's just been consistent all season. He's a must-start. He's going to get some catches, and he's going to get some rushes. He's going to have passing and rushing or, or receiving and rushing yards, so he's going to be a top performer for them. And the top guy, I think, is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's been an MVP candidate, and he's been amazing. He's been consistent, so look for him to score points for you consistently once again. For the Falcons, I've got Julio Jones. If he plays, he should be getting catches. They should be playing from behind, having to keep up with this high-scoring Packers offense. So look for Jones to get some catches. Next up, I've got Todd Gurley. 
Gurley's going to have to be able to run the ball and be effective if they're going to be able to beat this Packers team. Last week, the Packers got roasted by Kamara. So if Gurley can do something similar, then the Atlanta could be in a better spot. My top guy is going to be Calvin Ridley. Even if Julio Jones plays, Julio will probably be covered by their Packers' best defensive backs. So Ridley will be able to get in and get open. He's been able to do it through the first three weeks, and he did it last week without Julio. So I expect him to have another good week and get some catches and provide you with some good fantasy impact. Before we get to Colts, Bears, and Addison, I wanted to give a quick warning that Addison was cutting a little bit and out, a little bit in and out on his call. So I had to edit it the best I could to try to make it make sense and get all the parts that were cut out out of it. So without further ado, here's Colts Bears. We're going to wrap up the NFL Week 4 preview with a little Colts versus Bears. I've got my buddy Addison on the line. How's it going, Addison? We're great. Happy to be here, MVP. Yeah, glad to have you on. So before we jump into it, I'm going to give a little bit of info on the Colts game. So we've got the Colts versus the Bears in this one. Colts are coming in at 2-1, and one and the Bears are 3-0. and oh. The lines in this one are Colts minus 117 and Chicago minus 103. The spread is a pick em, so that's probably what you should take. You've got better odds there, so no points. It's straight up here between Colts and Bears. Um, I'm going to give a couple fantasy guys, and then we're going to jump into it with Addison. So for the Bears, my top three fantasy guys I've got this week is going to be Nick Foles coming in at number three. He had a solid week replacing Trubisky last week. He finished the game strong and put up a good fantasy number, even though he didn't start. So I'm looking for him to put up another good number for you if you want to put him in your lineup. At number two, I've got Allen Robinson. He had a solid week last week. He's going to be one of their top options, I'm assuming, coming into this game. So look for him to score some points for you and be in your lineup. My top option for the Bears is going to be David Montgomery. I think that the Colts' defense can be susceptible to the run sometimes, and I think Montgomery could take advantage of that. For the Colts, coming in at number three, I've got Moali Cox, our tight end. He had a good week last week. It seems like Phillip Rivers likes him. Even when Doyle's healthy, it looks like he's going to get some targets. So he may not be a starter for you this week if you've got good tight end options, but maybe a good pickup guy for a bye week. Coming in at number two is T.Y. Hilton. He's due. I, I have him on one of my teams. He's due for a big week. I think this week could be the week where we need him to step up to get a win. So I think T.Y. could be due for a big week this week. And my number one fantasy player for the Colts is Jonathan Taylor. Last week, he was awesome running the ball with behind our O-line. He's just going to be great all year. I think he's going to get a lot of carries, and hopefully that'll lead to him getting some yards and some touchdowns for you and your fantasy team. So let's move into this game. Um, Addison, so I want to get your thoughts as a Bears fan on what it's like being 3-0 and and yet you've got a QB change. Uh, to say the least, obviously everybody knows about the Bears and their little QB dilemma there. Um, but we're 3-0, and and that's really all that matters at this point and what it comes down to. Me personally, you know, going game by game, even if it was a win or loss, going into this year, I kind of just told myself, let's just win. I don't care how. I don't care if Mitch is throwing two picks a game, three or four picks a game. If we win the Three weeks in, we're 3-0. and uh, Obviously, we switched out Trubisky for Foles, which I'm sure we're going to get into. But, you know, bottom line, we're undefeated going into week four. You know, they haven't been pretty. Don't give a fuck. Um, we're 3-0. and We are atop of the NFC North going into week four. And uh, it's it's a big game. I mean, the Colts are tough. Um, but I'm confident we're going to come out 4-0. I will put it at that. You're, you're cutting in and out a little bit there, so I'll do a little editing here. But, yeah, it sounds like you don't really care as long as the Bears are winning, which is exactly how I would feel as a fan. So I'm sure that any win is nice. I know that quarterback has been the issue for you guys, and it's nice to finally find somebody that can win games, I guess. So my next question is, well, why do you think Foles is the better option, and why do you think that they made the switch in that game and 
I guess, what's your outlook on Foles compared to what you had as an outlook when Trubisky was at quarterback? more on the Trubisky wagon than others. I tend to be uh, more of a positive fan, not a Debbie Downer. And to be honest, I was a little bit surprised they switched him out for Foles that early. An emotional roller coaster of a game, but uh, I, I honestly thought it was a little early. I don't think Mitch really lost the job then. It wasn't anything like crazy that Trubisky hasn't done before. Um, but a huge comeback, you know, on on the back of his, uh, on the back of Foles. Um, you know, I, I was saying throughout the year, those first three games, like whenever we do turn to Foles, he's going to be ready. It doesn't matter if it's week 14. I'm confident that guy is ready whenever his name is called. And he was, so um, definitely earlier than I thought, but I, I think he's definitely, obviously after that one win, you know, our guy. He's our yeah. with. Yeah, I think he's definitely the guy. I don't know if he – I think he's the guy right now. I don't know if he's the guy that you want to be building around for the future. I feel like he's a little sure. bit on the older side for them to, like, start retooling around him. But I think – when you, with your options as those two right now, he's probably the best bet if you're trying to win that NFC North and get into the playoffs, which is doable, even though the Packers are looking good. The other two teams really aren't. So it's a winnable division. So what's what's your prediction for this game? Okay, so I, I think I've got the over-under at like 43 or so. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a, a defensive battle for the most part. I don't see many touchdowns being scored. I think a couple for each team at least. Uh, Bears 23, Colts 17. I'm taking Chicago to win. I'm taking Chicago with the spread, whatever you guys got on your books. I know you said it was even. Um, I've seen it as much as two and a half or as close as you know, I think we're two very similar teams for sure. Um, I'm not the biggest Philip Rivers guy, and I'm definitely very high on the Bears defense. However, I will admit they haven't had that Bears defense game yet. So I'm really hoping it's this one. Um, and Eddie Jackson pick six for this week. So I'll throw that in there as well. That's going to be one of our scores. The next one will be uh, a Foles drive. You know, Jimmy Graham's been scoring for us a lot, which I didn't uh, I didn't imagine. He's but yeah, I'm gonna stick yeah. with Bears twenty three, Colts seventeen. I've got I've caught a lot of heat from you indie guys on this game, so <laughs> I, I really need the Bears to come out with a win on Sunday. Okay. I'm obviously going the other direction, but I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'm taking the Colts in this one, uh, and I'm taking them with the pick'em as well as my picks for this week. I think it's going to come down to defense and who can run the ball better. I think defenses are going to both be tough. The Colts' defense has shown this year that they are tough. They've got a lot of good players from Leonard to even the the defensive backs stepped up last week against the Jets with TJ Carey getting a pick six and Xavier Rhodes getting a pick six. So I think the defense will be tough and it should be a tough passing game. I don't think both quarterbacks are exceptionally great at passing against good defenses. So I think it's going to be whoever can run the ball best between Taylor and the offensive line for the Colts and Montgomery and the offensive line for the Bears. So I think whoever can establish the run and set it up for some play action to get their guys open will will win this game. And whoever has a stronger defensive performance, I think will win this game as well. So Jacoby is also my resident Cubs expert. So we would also like to talk a little Chicago Cubs playoff baseball before I let him go. So we made the playoffs and won the division, which is great. But after game one, we are now down 0-1, which is tough. They lost today to the Marlins 5-1. So I just want your thoughts on the Cubs and what you're seeing for the rest of this series and hopefully for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean... It's been a tough day, that's for sure. Uh, I almost wish we recorded this right before the game because I would be mm-hmm. a lot more jolly and confident. But in a three-game series, literally game one with the Marlins going up on top, 
Um, and now we have our backs against the wall. It doesn't matter what we've done this season, you know, being in first place for pretty much the entire year. Um, mm-hmm. And the Marlins obviously having a surprising season with us only playing 60 games in the playoffs. Oh, they have the upper hand. So, you know, we have the, the NL Cy Young pitching tomorrow. No, not Trevor Bauer. He plays for the Reds. <laughs> Hugh Darvish, the NL Cy Young. Obviously, uh, me, and, me and MVP are in that camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. But, you know, it's not really the pitching that I'm worried about at this point. It's the offense again. It's like every time we do this, we get into the playoffs. You know, we have a great regular season. And then everyone forgets how to hit. And yeah. we can't score more than one or two runs. I mean, yeah, I, I like we gave up five yeah. runs today, but only scored one. Like, isn't this supposed to be one of the most high-powered offenses in the MLB? Like, where's all the scoring? Like, w- if we get down by five or two or three, we should be able to make a quick comeback. We've got the bats in the lineup, but like, I mean, that that the I agree. That's been the main issue. I think the pitching has been fine. The bullpen is a little scary to me, but I mean. Chris Bryant's not really hitting very well. Like Rizzo's not hitting great. Like we need those guys, those two especially, to come up big, or else we got nothing. So yeah, it's I mean it's inconvenient. It's every year. It's these guys. It's not just like one or two of them. It's like the entire lineup just goes quiet all of a sudden once we get to October. I mean, thank the Lord we had 2016 and won it all then because. Obviously, this year is tougher than most with, mm-hmm. you know, it being banded playoff rosters and kind of the whole theme of this entire year. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what we're seeing in game one. And hopefully the Cubs can come out and score more than a run. I'm, yeah. I'm still going to feel confident. I think you's going to shove it. But, you know, they've got a young guy, Sixto Sanchez, that's going to shove it for them. That guy can really throw. He's mm-hmm. good. Okay. I mean, what we saw today, we couldn't hit their guy. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous, MVP. Yeah, I agree. I'm nervous, but I'm looking forward to game two tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to hopefully Cubs being in the playoffs because I love playoff baseball, and it's even better when the Cubs are in it. I pre- like it. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking the time to come talk to me about Bears and Cubs. So, appreciate it. Should we get a bet going for Sunday? What do you What do you think? Yeah, I'm down for a bet for Sunday. What are you thinking? Loser has to what? Um, I don't know. What do you What What, what do you got? Have like a Peyton Manning jersey back in the day, or some sort of Colts wear. How about How about you got to make a make a TikTok dance in the other team's jersey? I like that. Okay. I'll go for that. I might need to hunt down a Colts jersey. But oh, I'll I need mean, to. I'll need to find a Bears jersey for sure. But, oh, yeah, you'll you'll definitely need to hunt down a Colts jersey though. Yeah. Well. Yeah. True. I guess. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to already be planning on that. Nah, the Bears <laughs> are gonna win. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Appreciate you coming on. On this episode of TV Time, I'd like to talk about one of the shows that I think is very underrated, and that is The Following. Once you watch the first episode of this show, you won't stop until the first season is over. The show stars Kevin Bacon as FBI agent Ryan Hardy, who is called in as former FBI agent Ryan Hardy, who is called in by the FBI to help them catch a serial killer he had helped them catch before. The killer, Joe Carroll, has escaped from death row, and has a cult of followers helping him evade FBI custody. I watched this show in high school, and I had literally had to watch it on my phone during class, in study hall, in the hallways. I just couldn't put the first season down. It was a thriller, kept me on the edge of my seat, and kept me coming back and wanting more at the end of every episode. I will warn you though, season two and three were not nearly as good as season one. There's still pretty good TV shows, Season one, it blows them out of the water. Season one is one of the most thrilling and amazing TV shows I've watched. So check out the following season one. You will not be disappointed. You will be on the edge of your seat. You'll be wanting more. 
and you'll just learn how crazy this serial killer is and what he has accomplished while inside of a prison cell. So check out the following. It's really awesome. Kevin Bacon is awesome. Really great show. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Hope you guys enjoyed the show today. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk a little NBA Finals and NFL Week 4 review. Enjoy today, guys. Peace. Thank you.